up, everybody? It's Kenneth Dean, the Dean of Metal, with my co-host Chris K. This week, we have another action-packed episode for you as we bring you Metallica Reloaded. We're taking two of Metallica's most controversial albums, Load and Reload, and mashing them together to make Reloaded. Kenneth and I are going to pick 12 songs from the two albums, compile our lists, and then debate which 12 deserve to be on our Ultimate Reloaded album. And after today's debate, we'll give you our Big Four Metallica cover songs. With so many good tracks to choose from, be sure to stay until the end to hear which Garage Days re-re-re-revisited songs made our list. And as always, I'll bring you another shot of Rusty Metal, where I reach into the archives of heavy metal and highlight an album I feel is worth listening to again for the thousandth time, or maybe even for the first time. And Chris will have a new freshly forged slab of metal for you. So if you like what you hear and want to check out some more of us, download our older episodes. And while you're at it, click subscribe and get a new episode on your favorite podcast platform every week. We also want to read your opinions on these or any of our topics. So if you like what we had to say or just want to rip us a new one, send us an email to debatingmetal at gmail.com or message us on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. So that brings us to Rusty Metal. Kenneth, what do you have for us this week? You know, you're getting really good at that last part there. That's pretty cool. (laughs) It's like you've read it before. I've read it (laughs) once or twice. (laughs) All right. This week's Rusty Metal is King Diamond, Fatal Portrait, the 1986 album. It was released on Roadrunner Records. It was produced by Rune Hoyer. And it was recorded at Soundtrack Studio in Copenhagen, Denmark. All right, so King Diamond, born from the ashes of Merciful Fate. The band features King Diamond, Michael Denner, and Tim Hansen from Merciful Fate. And then the band is rounded out by Andy LaRock, who became King Diamond's perennial partner, and Mickey D, who would later go on to be Motorhead's drummer for over 20 years. Um, This is the debut album from the band. They had released a single, uh, No Presents for Christmas, the prior uh, winter prior Christmas season and then this album came out in the spring of 1986 Um, this album features the single Halloween as well as the songs The Candle and Sharon the songs on Fatal Portrait are a slight departure from King's style that he had on Merciful Fate Um, King on this uh, basically when he became a solo performer or when he did his own band he started to use his falsetto a lot more. I think, if I'm not mistaken, that was one of the reasons why you couldn't get into King Diamond and Merciful Fate, because he was always on that falsetto. But I, was, I think it was mostly just because of King Diamond. Um, <laughs> like those those first couple albums, it was just really, really falsetto all the time, mm-hmm. and it just didn't appeal to me back then. As as I got into Merciful Fate, where he mixed it up a lot more. And I do like his lower vocals better. Exactly. Um, I, I enjoyed it more. And then and then when he returned to Merciful Fate later, he spent more time in that lower register too. So I, I just enjoy, enjoyed it more. But then I've picked up some of the new, the, you know, the, the King Diamond stuff too, and I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, as, as he's grown older, the, the vo- his voice, his usage of the falsetto is, is blended a lot better with his lower range. He doesn't use his... As, still as much lower range as he did in Fate, but he, he still he uses it a little bit more in, in King Diamond than he did before. Um, so this album 
and the album The Spider's Lullaby are the only two albums by King Diamond that are not full concept albums. And this one being, uh, or this one, Fatal Portrait, uh, being, and it has four songs. Actually, no, excuse me. It has five songs. So ha- a little more than half the album is a story. It's a short story. And it's um, it's a story about a person who sees a face in every candle that he burns, and the face speaks the word Jonah. And after freeing the spirit from the candle, the spirit tells him her story of how Mrs. Jane kept Molly in prison, Molly being her, imprisoned in the attic until she died. Now, if you want the rest of the story, you need, you're going to need to stream or buy the album and listen to it for yourself. Okay, so that, that being the case... This album was recently reissued by Metal Blade Records in colored vinyl, and it was mastered using the original two-track masters that were used to create the original 1986 release. So this vinyl release that came out on Metal Blade, it's actually vinyl and CD, were not remastered, but they were reissued, almost sort of like a duplicate of the original that was meant to sound exactly like you heard it back in 1986 when it was first released. So that, that I think, is pretty cool of King Diamond. That's one of the things that's kind of makes it a little bit special. It's not a remaster that tries to clean it up and fix things. It is warts and all what you got originally back in 1986. So that's pretty cool. I would, I, I, I would definitely check it out. I like that when bands try to release what was originally heard, because that's what's in your mind. You know, when you're, when you're one of those fans that have been around for a long time you want to hear what was originally played and sometimes when you hear these remasters you're like uh, what are they doing you know <laughs> and yeah. it, like pantera was a good example oh that was terrible that that cowboys was, from hell was terrible mm-hmm. it was such a disappointment and so i i only listened to the original version of it so. exactly like some of the the megadeth stuff has been better overall but i would say that the first album it it kind of sucks that they've had to change things so it's one of those where i i too kind of drift back to the original version because i prefer well, Me- the re- megadeth the releases. dave basically what was bad about the megadeth reissues were that he re-recorded certain parts he remastered mm-hmm. he remixed i mean it was he basically fucked with the originals and that's yeah. that's not really the intent of remastering exactly you know, the remastering i mean if it's done the right way you're going to hear it the way it did originally it's just going to hear it's just going to sonically sound better on your stereo but when they start messing with shit and start you know like killing is my business he has remixed twice I don't even quite recognize "Killing Is My Business" from the original. <laughs> you know, and and it's it, like Star Wars. You know, it's it, just, yeah, basically, it's exactly like Star keep Wars. Keep touching it up, and it, it, you go back and watch the original cuts, and you're like, "Wow, this is a better version." I mean, to the point like when he redid the MD45 album that he had with, um, I forgot what, what the guy's name is. Oh, uh, he completely changed it. He 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 changed. He took his vol. Ving Ving is the guy's name. When he took the he he redid it, he took his vocals out and he replaced it with his own. I mean, that's mm-hmm. completely changing history, you know. So it's not something that I'm into. I'm into good, clean sounding remasters. You know, Kiss did a great job remastering their catalog. Aerosmith did a great job remastering their catalog. Um, and now, uh, even a lot of people don't notice Metallica 
remastered their catalog when load came out back in 1996 and because the year before 95 when i was still at the record store they had put out a promotional display thing of of all the albums and at the bottom you didn't even notice at the bottom it says remastered by so you know in 1995 or whatever it was and it was just it, it just they released it on the same they didn't even have any fanfare nothing and then when they did the uh when they changed record deal and they, and they made it EM Ventures for Electra slash Metallica Ventures, then it was indicated on the CD that it was remastered. Mm, but other okay. than that, there's, there was no fanfare. And it was done, a very good job was done. Now, all the box set reissues, I don't know how they're doing remastering or if they remastered it again, but they do sound good. You know, so it's 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 quite unusual. But these these I understand because it's, these are box set rem- anniversary remasters where the original ones that when they remastered it, they didn't tell anybody. But mind you, they were only remastering four or five albums, so it wasn't as big a deal. Anyway, we got off the subject there. You got a freshly forged pick this week. What do you got? Uh, this week I picked The Absence with Coffinized. Uh, I've been a big fan of this band for a while now. Uh, they came around in, in 2002 in Tampa, Florida, so you kind of can guess where some of their references, I mean, their their um, inspiration came from. Um, they're a melodic death metal band, so I would say not your t- typical Florida death metal. This is not like a uh, Cannibal Corpse or one of those guys. Uh, they actually have more of a sound of what you would hear out of Europe with melodic death metal. Um, From Your Grave from 2005 and Riders of the Plague from 2007 are two of my favorite albums that I've heard in the last 20 years, to be honest. I go back to Riders of the Plague all the time. Um, I I mean, I listen to it in the office on a pretty regular basis. Um, This band, with their new album, um, I had heard the first track uh, a little while back, and, you know, I... I wasn't quite sure because I it, there was a little bit of difference in their sound, but it was still a good thing. Um, I I just wasn't too big on the first the release that they had, but I listened to the new tracks. Uh, well, I listened to the whole whole album, um, kind of scrolling through it because I just found this album today and uh, so I listened to Future Terminal and Choirs of Sickness which are the second and third track and I was just blown away I'm just so happy that they've kind of stayed on track and and uh, it was that same kind of feeling like where um, Van Halen when they when they released their newest album uh, the for the 2012 one what was it called? Oh Different Kind of Truth different kind of truth there was there was an element there when i first heard tattoo where i liked the song but i wasn't quite sure you know where where they were going with it and i and so anytime a, an al- or a band you really like is releasing a new track um and you're not 100 percent sure of it it's you get that like feeling in your stomach like oh no but then i've just been really happy with everything i've heard from them since so this album has i think it's sold out Pretty much immediately when they first with their their uh, limited edition copies, um, which is really cool to hear because they're not a huge band, um, but definitely check it out. 
like I said, go back and check out those those first couple albums as well. Really, their whole discography. Uh, but Riders on the Plague, like I said, is my favorite from them. So definitely check that out and check out this new album. Uh, they're a they're a band that uh, shouldn't be overlooked. Cool. I will definitely check that out because that sounds very interesting to me. You know, a a death metal a Florida band that's not going the cannibal, cannibal corpse way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um. Today's topic is Metallica Reloaded. All right, so that's going to be our version of what we consider to be the 12 best songs on Load and Reload. So much like we did on our previous episode where we did um, Use Illusion, the ultimate Use Illusion, we're going to do the ultimate Load slash Reload. We're calling it Reloaded. Um, so we're each going to pick 12 songs. And wherever there's overlap, those songs will automatically make the list. Wherever there's not overlap, we will debate to see which ones belong. All right? So since I'm the big Metallica fan, why don't you go ahead and go first, and I'll come up and close it out. Okay. Well, honestly, I had a pretty tough time with this one, even though it was my suggestion of concept. Um, I, I guess I just never realized how few songs off of these two albums that I really liked. There's a few (laughs) that I just genuinely like, and I think they're great tracks. And then there's some that it was, it was a tough call. Um, And I, I think this, it's really just based around this was, this was probably my least favorite era of the band. um, Aside from what happened with um, St. Anger. Come on. That's your favorite album. You keep telling me that at work. I, yeah, it's so good. Um, <laughs> no, it's just, I, I went to see them during this time period and I thought, you know, I, it was really cool, but they were, you know, they're playing a mix, you know, kind of what you would see out of S&M, like that, that mix of songs. So you're still getting a lot of the older stuff. And so I, I guess I never realized with, without, you know, just going back and listening to each of these albums that, there's really not a lot of material that that just stands out and appeals to me. Like it, it, I think it's it's not necessarily that it's bad or anything like that. It's just not, it's not for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so, there is a lot of good stuff there, and there's a, a variety of of uh, styles. Like they added some, even some like country elements. They added bluesy sound, some groove, and and so. Um, Going back and listening to it, I, I think was kind of a good thing too because it it kind of puts it in perspective of you know where my fandom changed with Metallica too. So without further ado, let me start with my list. And what I did is I just put them in order from the albums, so load and then reload. So I didn't put them in kind of a concert order yet. I'm gonna leave that until we you know put our our together. So. Um, I'm going with Ain't My Bitch, the first track off of Load, uh, 2x4, Until It Sleeps, King Nothing, I'm Bleeding Me, Wasting My Hate, Outlaw Torn off of uh, Load. Then from Reload, I've got Fuel, The Memory Remains, Devil's Dance, Unforgiven 2, and Low Man's Lyric. Ooh, I like your list. Yeah, I really like that list of yours because, quite honestly, it's pretty close to mine. So we're not going to have a ton of songs to debate on this one. Um, But there are going to be a few, and we're going to have to battle it out. So my list 
goes as this. And it's in the same exact order as yours. First album, you know, second album, one through whatever. Okay. Number one, Ain't My Bitch, Until It Sleeps, King Nothing, Bleeding Me, Wasting My Hate, Outlaw Torn, and then from Reload, Fuel, The Memory Remains, Better Than You, The Unforgiven Two, Attitude, and Lone Man's Lyric. So there's a lot of crossover, which is pretty cool. But there are a few that don't. Okay, so what are the three that we don't have the same? You've got Attitude. Attitude, Better Than You. I think that's it. Oh, and you have um, Two by Four and Devil's Dance. All right, so that means we have 10 spots that are already chosen or already picked or already solidified by the songs that we picked. And we have two spots and four songs left that are are non-crossover. So the four songs are Two by Four, Devil's Dance, Better Than You, and Attitude. And three of the songs come off of Load, and one song comes off of, excuse me, three of the songs come off of Reload, one song comes off of Load. So, um, that being the case, um, I don't know. Uh, I, I almost picked two by four myself. Um, and I was almost picked devil's dance myself, but I, I, there's something about those songs and I'm like, okay, they're cool. But something about these two songs that I picked better than you and attitude that I have constantly gone back to those songs before I've gone back to two by four and devil's dance. So what, what, what do you have to say about two by four and devil's dance? I mean, two by four is kind of a a really groovy song. It reminds me of like what, you know, other bands were doing at the time with their, you know, introduction to groove into metal. Um, it's just, I, I think I've heard it more times than some of the later songs in both albums. And I and it's funny that that that's why it sticks out to me, I guess, because that's something that really was brought to my attention as I was listening to this album was, are some of these songs really better or did I just listen to them more times because they were earlier in the album? You know, and and I think that's maybe something that happens to a lot of people, you know, where you've you've only heard that first portion of the album, especially when there's a big hit or something like that, where you think, oh, like, I, you know, these are the good songs. But then later, as we've both discovered, you know, doing this this project where we listen to the full album to review them. And then it's like, oh, well, there's this track I never really paid attention to or something like that. So I think that's kind of what happened with a few while I was listening to them here. Um, but two by four, it's it's not a bad song. But if I got to pick one of the two of my choices, I got to go Devil's Dance, which I think is a really cool song. Um, it's it's got kind of a you know a demonic atmosphere to it. It it's very '90s in that regard. It reminds me kind of of movies like The Devil's Advocate or you know so, so stuff that came out at that time where that was a big um, concept with with movies so it kind of it resonates with me in that sense and i i do really like the track as a whole so if i was going to pick one of the two from my selection it would be devil's dance okay so since we have two each 
and we need two spots, then I figure maybe we should do what we, like you just did, pick one song out of the two, mm-hmm. and I'll pick one song out of my two, and we'll put those two on the album. Okay. Okay. So that being the case, so you pick Devil's Dance over two by four. Okay. I can go with that. I like that. Although I, me personally, I think I like two by four better. I like the groove on that. On that, but there is something about Devil's Dance that kind of gets you into that little sinister mood, and and I do like that too. So either one is a, is, a, is going to be a good choice. Um. So, but I, I like the fact you picked Devil's Dance. Um. For me, I'm pretty sure that better better than you and Attitude were songs that you really never paid attention to. Uh, I, I, on, I know better than you quite a, quite well, to be honest, and I just never really liked it that much. It's it's not necessarily a bad song, but I don't like the... like I like everything about the song until the main course, the better than you, and then where he repeats better than you. I just Something about that I just never liked. And right. it's like I said, it's not a bad song. It just ne- it was one that when I would listen to it, I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I would get bored of it and move on. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the melody that the song has in the verses. Um, and in, Yeah, the in, verses are so much better. Yeah. Right. And then when, yeah, when he gets into that grit and, and kind of almost a devilish kind of sound when he puts in Better Than You, uh, the chorus. The distortion, it, yeah. Yeah, well, that it, it, it loses it a little bit for me. I mean, I still like the song, um, but it's kind of, it's such a contrasting difference between the clean, almost upbeat verse, and then you, you you change it into that better than you, and then it gets deep, and he gets, you know, angry sounding almost. It's kind of, it's almost like being bipolar to some degree, you know, mm-hmm. it's, or schizophrenic. It's just like two different Jameses. Um, and then attitude, for whatever reason, has always resonated with me. Maybe it's because I have an attitude problem myself. Uh, so... Um, that one has always been something that that really sits well with me. The the lyrics "Born into Attitude," you know, "Asleep at the Wheel," and so forth. I really like that that song. Um, and so, for me, I'm going to go ahead and pick "Attitude" over "Better Than You," uh, okay, and and put that one on there. All right. Now, I don't know if we should put this in a concert order because it's. Uh, you know, or do you want to go ahead and do it that way? Because I don't think I don't think we did that with Use Your Illusion. I think we just put it in order. Um, well, maybe we did. I don't remember. We did. We did. We did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's see. What song do you think we should start the Reloaded show with? Mm, I mean, t- essentially, I mean, I feel like it should start with Fuel or Ain't My Bitch. Um, I think Fuel is a more energetic opener in general. And I think I kind of got to go with Fuel. Okay. Now I'm looking at this as we have, like, so when we do our concerts, we typically do 15 songs, 12 being the main set and 13, 14, and 15 being the encore. Mm -hmm. So since this is only 12 songs, are we going to go with nine being the set and three encores or 10 being the set and two encores? What do you think? Um, probably 10 and two. Okay. I was thinking the same thing. Like, 
Like driving? So, <laughs> like driving. <laughs> All right. So, that being the case, we have to, I, I'm looking at it this way. What song, what are the best songs on this album? And do we want to keep that as an encore? So, you chose Fuel as your opener. And the, to me, the only other song that could be an opener would be Ain't My Bitch. So the question is, which one is more energetic? It's going to be Fuel. Um, mm-hmm. But which one's going to do the job when it comes to opening up? I, I originally thought it should be Ain't My Bitch, but I, I think now I have a different song to open the, the encore with. I'm still trying to okay. figure out what song we should be closing the show with. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, okay, so let's go. With, we'll go with fuel. I, I, I'm, I'm good with that. So now we come off of fuel. We got all this energy. We burned half the city down with the, with the, with all the fire. Um, are we gonna slow it down, or are we gonna try to keep a similar pace? So, in my opinion, you don't want to slow it down too much. So, I say, um, hmm, I say we should go into, uh, even though it, it, it starts off slow, I think we should go into Wasting My Hate to be the second song. Okay. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's fine. The only other song that I had kind of in mind was King Nothing because there's there's really a lot of slower tracks that we've chosen here. Right, exactly. And in, so in that's general. why I was kind of like, hmm, what are we going to put to close the show? Yeah. But um, we'll, we'll figure it out. Not a big deal. Um, yeah, I mean, this is these aren't exactly metal albums per se. There's metal moments, but there's a lot of groove. There's a lot of... Um, blues rock there's it's a different vibe for the band and i think that's just something that i i never really processed as a as a metallica fan because you know if you you're listening to this album and the switching over to the earlier ones and go kind of going all the way around and if you listen to like s&m there's that mixture of the old with the new and at least at you know new at the time and and so like it never really quite processed that these were such different albums. You know, for me, it, it, it it's kind of very similar to me of what happened when I, you know, being a Kiss fan growing up where I had to, I felt like I had to defend a Dynasty, Unmasked, The Elder, those that series of, that trilogy of shitty albums, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> And the, and the part about it is, is that in reality, each of those albums have some really good highlights, a lot of bad lowlights. And so it's, it's not a defense thing when I look at these albums. And, and the issue with, with Load and Reload for me is I accept Metallica... Or I accept any of these bands, really. I accept Metallica for who they are. But I think Godsmack is going through the same thing right now. I mean, they've, they've you know, uh, what's his name? 
uh, Sully has come straight out and said that he doesn't think they're going to be doing any more heavy metal style albums. He's going to be straightforward, hard rock. Um, and he's got a great way of songwriting that appeals to that side of it. Um, but f- I think what, what works for me more than anything as far as why I don't have a problem with these albums as much as other Metallica fans do is because I have a wide scope of uh, of listening enjoyment. I don't I like hard rock. I like new new metal. I like soft softer stuff. I like alternative rock. I, well, not alternative rock. I like alternative metal per se. Um I like grunge. I like melodic death metal. I don't like Cannibal Corpse. So, <laughs> so I don't, <laughs> you know, so there's there, my, my range of enjoyment in music, especially, you know, the harder kind of music runs the gamut of all different categories. So for me, I don't look at it as, oh, Metallica is not playing as fast as they used to play or they're not playing, you know, certain songs. I look at it as, as a, a, an evolution in styles and at the same time, I also look at it as if this is what they want to do and this is what they want to put out, by all means, let them do it. Okay. Are they playing master puppet style music? No. You know, but I, I wasn't really overly concerned personally. So I think that's like for you, you have a particular zone that you really, really like. And if it does. Well, no, I mean, I have a pretty, I have a pretty eclectic. You know, you, you do know, taste in music. That being said, what I meant when I'm saying this about Metallica, how different these albums were, is that when you listen to the the live performances in general, they mix a lot of the the, the pacing. So you mm-hmm. have soft so, or slow songs, and you have quick songs, and th- so there's this variety there. With these two albums, the pace is pretty consistent. Yeah, there's not there, there's not those those tracks that just you know blaze through there's not that many like like fuel is one of them but but after you get through fuel on that album on on reload there's just not as much there there it stays pretty consistent and then the really the better songs like the memory remains um you know better than you like you mentioned um unforgiven too like some of those they're they're good but they're they're slow yeah, yeah. There's a lot of buildup with Memory Remains that takes time. And so, like, putting that in this order, it, it's a different concept than a lot of these other ones where we've taken, you know, the best songs from from a whole career and rearranged this into, you know, a, a, a greatest hits, per se. It's just taking two albums and and kind of trying to make the, the strongest album out of the two. So it's a different concept, but there's still a lot of tracks that kind of have the same pacing. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with you in that regards. There are some, and there's, you know, after Fuel, Fuel is the fast, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the fastest song on both albums. It is. You know, so when you look at it from that sense, you know, now I can you can understand why people got so turned off by it. But, um, you know, no one heard Fuel until late 96 or excuse me, 97. Whereas the fastest song that anybody heard up to that point from on the new album was Ain't My Bitch. And it's just yeah. like, you know, or that or, or 
you know, Attitude didn't come out until Reload. So yeah, so Ain't My Bitch is now the fastest song. And so that, for a lot of Metallica fans, I can understand, was disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, it is very evenly paced to the point where it's 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 a slow slog sometimes at some at, at points in the album. So that that brings us to our number three song. Where what are we going to put here? Are we going to bring it down even more? I think we have to go that route. So what do you got for uh, number yeah, three? Yeah, I, th- I think we need to go to a, a quite a bit slower song in some regard. Um, I'd even go with like the Unforgiven two here. Hmm, Unforgiven 2. That's early. Um, the other option I'd pick is maybe I'm Bleeding Me. Hmm. Hmm, hmm. I, I think uh, I, I like Bleeding Me better in that okay. only because Unforgiven 2, even though it's not the same as Unforgiven, it, it is a good song in that same regards. It is, it is a power ballad for that matter um so yeah I, I like bleeding me better at three okay okay all right so if we pick up the pace a little bit i would say then maybe we can go in the direction of if we want to build the pace we can go with devil's dance or if we want to just jump the pace we can go to attitude Mm, why don't we go with Devil's Dance? Okay. Your first instinct. All right. Now, what do you have? Um. So we're not quite to the midpoint yet. So. Well, next song is the midpoint of the show, of mm. the main set. Um. Why don't we go with Until It Sleeps? Okay. Until it sleeps. My I'm, on my notes here. <laughs> um, until it sleeps, quiet beginning. Until it wakes up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know it's funny thing is I didn't think of it until after I wrote it. I'm like, oh, that's pretty funny. Um, I like that because it 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 it, it has that up and down you know, from slow to quicker kind of pace or, or quiet to loud, if you can put it that way, until it sleeps. Okay, so yeah, we're... Yeah, it kind of goes from softer to, to really heavy at moments. And right. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a good midpoint song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, midpoint song here. Um... What do you think about putting in the Outlaw Torn in this spot? Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it seems fine. It almost, the Outlaw Torn, yeah, yeah I, th- I think it's probably a good one. Because I'm trying to think of how you end... The first, uh, you know, the the main set, exactly, and I'm looking at the total tracks. Yeah, I think I think that's fine. Yeah, I I I, I kind of have an idea. Obviously, we we're not talking about it out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only certain songs that we could put. 
for this for this particular uh, exercise, mm-hmm. uh, what do you have after Outlaw Torn? Um, let's see. Why don't we put? Why don't we put Low Man's Lyric? Okay, I like that. All right, so Low Man's Lyric coming off basically a slow song, a ballad type song. It's very different. Low Man's Lyric is is such an interesting song in their catalog because it's it's intrinsically different as a as a Metallica song because no one plays like a hurdy-gurdy in metal. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a hurdy-gurdy in James. Like it's 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 a different track, man. Um, I, I like the track. I, I, I mean, I, I love the, the, the story on that song It's such a cool mm-hmm. story. Um, there's, there's a little bit of it that, that, that really hits deep for me. Um, a lot of these songs, uh, you know, after, after nothing else matters, the world was open to James lyrically and he really, really did something, you know, like on Mama Said, that was one of the songs I was thinking about picking from from Load. Mama Said, he never intended for that song to be a Metallica song. Uh, that yeah. was deeply personal to him. And, you know, when, when I think it was Lars heard it, and he's like, no, we have to put this on the album. And when I listen to it and I and I read the lyrics and, and he says, you know, a, a, a cold stone's all I see. When he gets to the end, you know, the break, it, it is, it is that's a powerful, that whole verse going into that line is so powerful to me. So there's a lot of deep personal stuff in here. So Low Man's Lyric is a really cool song that I really, really like. So I, I like it in this spot. Um, I think we're getting towards the end of the main set. So we have to bring some cool songs in here. Um, I think this is the perfect place to put attitude because you 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 got that soft vibe now you you're picking up the pace again. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no that's good. So we got two more tracks for the main set and then we've got the encore. Um uh, How about King Nothing? Hmm. All right, we we almost going to have to treat this one a little bit like backwards. Uh-huh. What what songs do we want for an encore? Do we do what what do we take out? What do we put in? Um I almost feel as though King Nothing belongs at 10 rather than 9. Okay. And I would think 9 would probably be unforgiven too. So that's your veto. That's my veto. Unless you veto okay. me, then it's a you know it's a cancellation. <laughs> that's fine. No, I'll I'll go with it. All right. So unforgiven two, and then uh, king nothing, which closes out the set. And then it makes sense to start the encore with aim my bitch. Right, bitch, and then memory remains. And memory remains the way it ends in this particular case because you're not gonna. I mean, we know the band's never gonna do a reload 
load reload concert but just the whole way it ends with if when you when you and any Metallica fan is out there that's been to a Metallica show that has seen this song live knows that the band gets everybody involved when it comes to the last part the Marianne faithful part from the from the album that is really cool because if they're in a really big, you know, like a, a festival and you have those 50,000, 75,000, 100,000 people singing that shit, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a great way to end it. Yeah. Yeah. On this, on this, it's a great way to end this uh, exercise of reloaded. All right. That is our 12 songs from Load and Reload. And uh, let's put it in this order. One, Fuel. Two, Wasting My Hate. Three, Bleeding Me. Four, Devil's Dance. Five, Until It Sleeps. Six, The Outlaw Torn. And I'm going to go ahead and, and, and kind of put something here, and I don't know how you feel about this, but The Outlaw Torn, we're going to do the full unencumbered version that is like 12 minutes long that that was released on a single uh have you heard that version i have okay so i i think it it definitely needs to have that version because i think we can fit it since we only have 12 songs on here and you know they're not all 20 minutes long (laughs) you know i I think we can fit it in there because not all of them (laughs) there's a few long ones yeah it's 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 so crazy to think that they had to shorten the song because they couldn't fit it on the album. And what's that, the longest album, you know, for, for modern or pop music ever? So, I mean, they, I were, so, yeah. they were advertising it as like 7859 or something like that. So, that is, uh, that is a song. So, yeah, so I'm going to go with the full unencumbered version of Outlaw Torn. Number seven, Low Man's Lyric. Number eight, Attitude. Number nine, The Unforgiven Two. Number 10, King Nothing. Number 11, The Encore, Ain't My Bitch. And closing out the show, number 12, The Memory Remains. I think that's pretty cool. I think it's a good list. Now, I have a question for you mm-hmm. to go along with that. Would If, if you're going to pick production-wise, re- load or reload, you're going to re-master re, uh, this album and try to match the production of one of the two albums, which version are you going with? Reload. The Reload production? Mm-hmm. A little, little heavier? Um, yeah, a little heavier, a little crunchier. Um, a little crunchier, yeah. It, it's it, They're not that far off from each other. Um, no, but there is a difference. Yes, there is a difference. I, I, think, um, I think Reload is, um, oddly enough, I... I for as as crunchier and as heavier and, and a little bassier sounding than um, load, it is to me it's also cleaner. Um, it's mm-hmm. probably between reload and hardwired to self destruct. Those two are the best recorded Metallica albums in their catalog, in my opinion. Um, and someone can argue with me all they want if they, you know, and I will, I will hit them back with everything I got because I think those two <laughs> albums are the best sounding metallic albums, period. You know, Garage Inc. has really good sound to it. It's, a, you know, it's a continuation of this with Bob Rock, but, you know, St. Anger obviously has a tremendous amount of issues. Hardwired had a, not Hardwired, excuse me, the other one. Uh, Death Magnetic. Death Magnetic. 
that had a ton of issues, but I don't think those were production issues so much as they were the facility. Well, not even the facility. It was a decision to basically push the levels as high as they can go without distorting the album. And in many cases, people got distorted versions of the album. And that was Metallica's way of combating downloading. The unfortunate part was a year later or so, they come out with their rock band downloads and they come out with the Guitar Hero downloads. And all of a sudden, everybody can get a really, really clean, good sounding version or mix their own version, which I have a, a, a Guitar Hero 3 mixed version of, of Death Magnetic. So, and this sounds much better. It sounds <laughs> immensely better. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a little bassier, <laughs> put it that way. Um, but, you know, so so Death Magnetic has its issues. Guitars sound a little thin. I mean, to me, you know, uh, Hardwired, and I, I think the guitars sound the best on this album, on, on Reload, excuse me. Um, whereas... Um, the drums probably sound the best on hardwired and, you know, James's vocals are, are, to me are better on reload only because they're not so in your face as they are on, on death magnetic and, and hardwired. So there's, there's things about both of them that I like. I, I, I can see where Metallica have gone. I think they've ultimately hit the spot that they wanted to hit on injustice for all. They finally got to where they wanted to be. Because Bob Rock wouldn't let him do it. Bob Rock was like, no, nah, I'm not putting my name on this shit. And then then he comes up with St. Anger and totally shits to bed with that one. <laughs> you know? So, but, you know, Greg Fiddleman, who produced Hardwired, I don't know what he did to convince Metallica to get out of that rut that they were in sonically, but he did a great, great job with them. I mean, he's an excellent producer. He's done, you know, he did a... What did he do? Um, the last couple of Slipknot albums, I think, and, and I think he did uh, Volume Not Volume Three. Um, I know he was on. I don't know if it was Rick Rubin with Greg Fiddleman or if it was just Greg. He did some Slayer stuff. Uh, so it's a uh, it's some pretty cool stuff that he does. So I like his style. What 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 what's your opinion as far as the production is concerned? Then oh I mean, yeah for sure um, reload. Okay. I, was, I just was curious which direction you'd go. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with Loaded. You know, as they progressed with um, with Bob Rock, the really cool thing about it was that as you know, everybody thought that the, the Black Album was this great sonic album. And when you listen to it again, it, you know, compared to Load or Reload, you realize it's a little thin. Um, a little, definitely the drums of, you know, the snare drum is really snappy and then loud and in your face. There's a ton of bass there, but I think the bass is better on load and reload and definitely better on, on, on reload. So, so they, they got better, you know, the, the, the relationship got better. There was more trust with Bob Rock at that point. So it came out much better, but that, I mean, for everyone at the time, the Black Album was almost perfect in terms of sound. And then Load and Reload came out like, oh, shit, you can get better. <laughs> you know? So there is that. All right. So that brings us to the big four. 
And so today's big four is the big four Metallica cover songs. So essentially, you know, Metallica released Garage Days Revisited, Garage Days Re-Revisited. They've put out Garage Inc. They have put out some more cover songs since those since that time. So they have a ton of cover songs from their favorite bands. And we're going to pick our four favorite each. So um, I think you went you go first, first last time. So I, mm-hmm. I'm going to go first this time. All right. All right. Let's go. Okay, so my big four um, cover songs from Metallica are number four, When a Blind Man Cries, Deep Purple cover, which was the single before Machine Head came out uh, from Deep Purple. So this version, to me, uh, is very true to the original. Gets a little heavier than what Deep Purple did. But I really, really, really enjoy this version of the song. It, 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 James's emotion just really comes out in in the in the words, in the lyrics, in the style, the way he sang it. Um, really, really cool. I love this version. Number three, so what? The one of the most vulgar songs on the planet, and I used to love this song. I love cranking it loud when I'm driving by. <laughs> a neighborhood or whatever haven't done that in a really really long time but i love that song so what it is a cover of the anti nowhere league song uh, the punk band from england so it's a pretty cool pretty cool track number two bread fan the budgie song that they recorded uh and put out as a b-side to eye of the beholder single way back in 1989 so that's a that's also a really cool. Actually, that came out in '88 when the album came out. So a cool version. And number one for me is a medley. It is "Merciful Fate," and I love everything that they did with that song. I'm a big "Merciful Fate" fan, and that version or that that medley that they put together to me is awesome. I know you don't like it as much as I do. So there you go. <laughs> that's my number one. For once, we have nothing in common. Wow. Yeah. Um, I like your list. Uh, I I like the last three better than the Merciful Fate cover one. I've mentioned in the past that I'm not a big fan of it, and it's another reason I wasn't ever turned on to Merciful Fate until a couple years ago. Um, so, uh, no, nothing wrong with it. It just, it just doesn't appeal to me. Um, so, let's go into my number four, which is Remember Tomorrow. Uh, they released it on the Maiden Heaven uh, tribute album. Uh, I really like that version. James's vocals are on point there. Uh, I've always loved the song Remember Tomorrow from Iron Maiden. And um, I, I, I think it was just one that, even though I've always preferred James's younger vocals, um, there are times in his his age, you know, his current age, where he actually puts in a lot of effort and you can hear the emotion in the way he's singing, etc. And it's just, it's a good track. Um, my number three is stone cold crazy, a cover of queen. Um, always love that song from queen and what turned me on to it was actually Metallica. Um, you know, the, the stuff they did with their garage days, I, I've always considered Metallica to be the, like a really good entry level me- a metal band, you know, like they, a lot of, 
guys that get into metal, they'll listen to Metallica first and then kind of branch off from there because they, they're like this, you know, midpoint of, of metal in a way. And um, Stone Cold Crazy showed another side of Queen that I wasn't familiar with. I had heard, you know, uh, Bicycle and, and uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, We Are the ch- Huh? <laughs> Bicycle. That's such a funny song. Yeah, I, I had heard, you know, We Are the Champions and Bohemian Rhapsody, but the Stone Cold Crazy is, is a metal song before it was a metal, like before metal, you know, like it, it's so good. And uh, it's just one that I've, I've always uh, really liked from Metallica. And then it, like I said, it, it just increased my fandom of Queen. Um, my number two is Die Die My Darling from Misfits. Um I I struggled picking between this one and their other uh, um, Last Caress slash Green Hell. And the only reason I picked this one more is because I just, I think I always end up singing this one all the time. But I like, if it was without Green Hell, if it was just Last Caress, I might have picked it first. Um, because I just, I, I know it's like disgusting lyrics, but I, I love that song. Um Die Die My Darling uh, has better production for sure. And it's, you know, it's just a killer song by Misfits. And I've I've always, they're one of the few punk bands that I just really like. Um, and then my number one is one that, that uh, when I heard it the first time, it really surprised me. It stuck with me for many years. And it's like, as, as kind of tired of it as I am. In a, in a sense, because I've listened to it so many times over the years, when I when I end up listening to it, I just love it still. And that's Whiskey in the Jar, their cover of the Did Lizzy song. Um, it's just so good, and um, you know it it uh, shows another kind of dimension of the band where they can take a song from a different different genre of music and turn it into a metal song, and it's just it kicks ass. So, um, I love the original, uh, well, I say the original, the, the thin lazy version, which was a, uh, you know, a Irish, uh, what's, what's the term? Oh, traditional folk song. Traditional folk song. Yeah. Um, but I love that version from them, but the Metallica version is just next level. It is. The Metallica version is really cool. I like your list. Um, I, I, to me, I look at it and it, it, there's a lot of diversity on that list. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is something that um, there are so many songs that Metallica have covered and they've run the gamut of, of different styles and, and different heaviness and different lightness and different bands that it's it's so difficult to say, oh, I like this one over the other. Because at one point on my list, I had Am I Evil, which was the, basically the song that started it all for Metallica. Mm-hmm. And that's such a killer version that they do. I mean, literally made Diamond Head's career, you know? So it's one, I had that at one point. I'm like, mm, do I want this? But personally, I, I always go back to Bread Fan. I go back to Merciful Fate. I go back to these yeah, four Bread songs. Bread Fan is an awesome oh, song. Bread Fan's an incredible song. I mean, and their, and their version, their, their underproduced version is so raw and so cool sounding, you know? So it, it's, you know, you can't go wrong with any of the songs that, they, that that they've recorded. I like your list a lot. Remember Tomorrow is odd because 
Anthrax also recorded that song. They had done it actually tw- uh, 13 years earlier in 1995 as a B-side to one of their singles. And then Metallica covers it in 2008. There's very few crossover when it comes to Metallica and Anthrax, but they also both did a cover of We're a Happy Family from the Ramones. So that's an interesting thing that they've done to, you know, not together, but they both recorded the same cover song. So it's interesting. I like your list. I would say if you're a new metal fan, like you're just getting into metal, check out uh, Garage Incorporated as a, as a, as a whole, because it does have a lot of covers of different uh, bands uh, that are in metal and surrounding metal kind of influences of metal. And it's a really good jumping off point to, you know, listen to the Metallica version. Okay. That's really cool. Let me go back and listen to these other bands that kind of inspired this music. And it, it gives you, I, I think a broader scope of where metal came from in a sense. So I, I would definitely suggest that it, for me, it was, it was a, it was exactly that. Like I, I went out, you know, I got the garage incorporated and then I wanted to hear the original version. So I went out to, you know, record stores at the time. This was many years ago at this point. And, um, you know, kind of tracked down everything that was, that was on there, got copies of all these albums, uh, that had the, that specific track on it and really kind of opened up my, my senses in a way to metal. Yeah. I mean, I always wanted to get like all the songs that they covered and put them like onto one album, but by the original bands. And eventually, mm-hmm. you know, people came out with like bootlegs and import versions of that same thing. And, you know, mm-hmm. like Metallica's influences, Metallica's inspiration, whatever it was, you know. And Bread Fan is one of those songs where it's like, how the hell did that song, you know, even make it onto their radar, you know, an obscure British band from 1974, you know, I can understand like they're big Aerosmith fans, but Aerosmith was in their face throughout the entire seventies with them, their formative years. But I, I can't picture Budgie being one of their in your face kind of bands that they, that they said, Oh, let's go listen to the new Budgie album. Maybe it was, it's kind of weird, you know? Um, but, Budgie, that song, it's, it's, it's so different from the original in terms of vocal style. You know, it's, it's like, you know, James, James's low tone growl, whatever you want to call it, compared to the guy who sang the original. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar to how uh, James's version of Helpless or, or any of the Diamond Head songs sounds so much better than the original Diamond Head singer. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. I love listening to their cover versions. I mean, they did five uh five Ramon songs which you can't buy all five in one package. I think it's Cretan Hop is on a separate single. Um but you have you know you can get all five at some point because four of them you can get together. One of them you, you, you can't you have to buy it separately if they still have it available out there. I'm sure it is. Um but yeah five Ramon songs, four overkill songs. I'm just, overkill excuse me four motorhead songs uh what i got three or four diamond head songs now a couple of sabbath songs so it's pretty is it a couple of or just one sabra cadaver that was just the one just the one yeah. just the one but it's a but it's a medley eh, it's a medley it's a two-song medley they really should do like a four or five song like they should do like a ronnie 
or Merciful Fate type medley for Black Sabbath. You know, that that would be cool. Yeah. Sort of, you know who did something like that? Um, What's their faces? Uh, Adrenaline Mob. They did a, like a four or five song uh, Black Sabbath medley. So. Okay. All right. Well, that's our big four for this evening. Chris, let them know what's up. All right. That brings us to the end of today's episode. Remember, if you like what you heard today, be sure to check us out on social media and leave us a comment. Make sure to tune in to the next episode when we spark up another exciting metal debate. On behalf of Kenneth Dean and myself, stay safe, and remember, always turn it up to 11. See ya.